welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the sports and more podcast with me your host eddie morelos here in doña new mexico recording another episode of the where are they now series from former new mexico state student athletes covering uh as many sports as i can cover i got me another volleyball player i will bring her on shortly just want to remind everybody to hit that subscribe button on spotify or also you can find us on anchor fm and you can also google us i put all the episodes on facebook just search for sports more podcast with your host eddie morelos or you can find them all on twitter sports more pod Remember, we also have a spinoff of the Sports and More podcast called the Outdoors and More podcast with host Jimmy Lopes, where we talk about uh, hunting, hiking, and a lot more. We try to talk about uh, a lot of the adventures that the youngsters go on. I know the, the tags were barely pulled here in New Mexico, so congratulations to everybody who got a tag. And uh, if you didn't get a tag, well, try again next year and, and go with your buddies out there. But let's go ahead and uh, focus back on this episode of the Sports and More podcast. And we got an, another guest with us, former student athlete, former volleyball player out of New Mexico State University, and a native of Deming, New Mexico, Miss Tanya Allen, who is now married. And I believe you're gonna have to tell me your your current last name is Tanya. Uh, welcome, Tanya. <laughs> welcome to your to uh, the Sports and More podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's Tanya Allen Gonzalez. Gonzalez. I, oh, I thought I had it. I didn't want to say it. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so welcome. Welcome. Uh, welcome on with me. And uh, Tanya, if you could remind us when you played for New Mexico State uh, University uh, as a volleyball player. Yeah, I uh, my freshman year was 2003. So I played 2003 to 2006. And then I graduated from Mexico State in 2007. And then before that, uh, you played over in Deming, New Mexico at Deming High School, correct? Correct, yes. And if I'm not mistaken, you were also named uh, uh, back back then, back in the day, you were named uh, New Mexico Gatorade Player of the Year after you got That's kinda, true. Uh, that's, wow, that's pretty spectacular. Talk about growing up in small town Deming, New Mexico and what it was like, uh, you know, playing sports there. Um, my experience at, at Deming High School was, you know, really positive as far as sports go. I played a lot of sports. Um, I played tennis and basketball and volleyball primarily, but early on I played softball um, and did some track as well. And, you know, as I got a little older, I kind of had to narrow down my focus. So I stuck with the three, volleyball, basketball and tennis. And um, it was really great to be able to play all of them. I know now and in a lot of bigger places, they don't necessarily let the kids do multiple sports. So in that regard, I consider myself kind of lucky that I was able to do all of them. Um, you know, Deming's pretty small. Um, we didn't have a lot of resources. There was no club volleyball. Um, so being recruited and trying to have a college career was um, not necessarily at the forefront of my mind. I didn't necessarily think that I would even be able to do that until it happened, until I, you know, New Mexico State offered me and um, I had the opportunity to play in college and that was really exciting. Wow, multi-sport multi athlete. We've talked about multi-sport athletes in, in former episodes. And I'm just curious because you, you talked about how some places don't allow it. What are your thoughts on youth playing multiple sports or versus special, be, being like specialized in sports? 
Oh, I'm pro multi-sport athletes, 100%. I think it makes you more well-rounded. Um, I think, especially young, you can get burned out really quickly. And I think if you're able to play multiple sports, not only are you advancing yourself physically, but you know, emotionally and mentally, you're able to stay a little more focused because you're not getting burned out so quickly. I also think recovery is a huge issue for young athletes. And so if you are just nonstop going hard in one sport and repetitively using the same muscles, the same movements, uh, I think it can help prevent injury long term. Do you think that those who specialize in a sport, for example, let's just put basketball because you said you played basketball. For example, if you would have specialized in basketball, do you think you would have maybe succeeded in basketball just i'm not even saying that you like basketball more than volleyball or tennis but just trying to you know use that as as an example mm -hmm. for for people who i guess see specialize specializing in sports as the the better way i guess you know i, I can't say 100 that that would have been better or worse because i have seen specialized athletes athletes that only play one sport their entire life be really really good And I've also seen some who by their junior year in high school are quitting because, you know, they just don't enjoy it anymore. So and vice versa, I've seen multi-sport athletes who are lacking the reps and, and training in a specific sport to really excel. So I think I don't think there's, you know, a straight answer for that one. I think it depends on the athlete themselves. Cool. So then after you played high school at Deming in Deming, New Mexico, you were recruited and you played over at New Mexico State University for head coach Mike Jordan. Uh, I've had Mike Jordan multiple times on my on this podcast, uh, him and as and his son. Um, talk about what it's like to know and play for Mike Jordan. <laughs> yeah, Mike is a really successful volleyball coach. I mean, just being in this profession, I obviously know a lot of the coaches and know the the field, and he's top-notch. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to win. He knows how to teach. Um, but I'm not going to lie. It was hard to play for him. He was he's, he's very disciplined, and he expects a certain level of play day in and day out, and, and he is definitely willing to be hard on his athletes and coming from you know a small town I, I don't think I was necessarily prepared you know I looked around and saw all these fantastic athletes from all over the country and the level of play was extremely high compared to what I was used to in in high school so at first it was a little bit of a shock and it took me a while to kind of get used to the situation and and you know really raise my level of play So that first year was kind of difficult. But well, then after that, I felt like I kind of got into a groove. <laughs> when I was starting in my career, uh, sports information wise and, and actually, you know, learning about volleyball, you were kind of there towards the end of your college career. 06, 07. Those were my first years. I remember he had high expectations for you. Am I mistaken in saying that? No, I think he was. I think he was pretty hard on me. I think he knew looking back now as a coach i realized he knew i played better when i was angry one so he would purposely kind of spur me to get a little mad <laughs> wow okay and so i i think he did that on purpose because it did focus me and i did raise my level of play and he did have high expectations for me when it came to ball control he knew i had the capability to control the ball as a passer or a defender or just pretty much any skill i was not as physical as some of my teammates but i did have the control and i think he expected that day in and day out and if i wasn't showing that level of control that he wanted he was 
really quick to get on me. And I think that made me better. What year sticks out to you the most uh, during your college years? Um, I think my sophomore year. um, I had just come off a really hard freshman year. We had a really strong group of seniors my freshman year and they they won and they did really well and and I just was drowning I wasn't playing well I wasn't competing with them I was kind of losing a lot of confidence and then something sort of clicked in the off season and coming into my sophomore year I something clicked mentally where I was competitive enough to earn a spot on the court and I think that changed my entire mentality about college and and what I was doing there I felt more confident I pushed myself more I was doing a lot more outside on my own a lot a lot of extra work to make sure I could keep that spot and keep getting better excuse me do you remember I'm sure you do because I, I mean all of us do um the times of playing against Hawaii in particular against them in their arena over in the Stan Serif uh, Center over in Honolulu Oh, a hundred percent. Those were those were big time games. <laughs> Talk about we, there. I, you're talking about your sophomores, or I, I believe after I think your sophomore season, there was a game that that we were on the road against Hawaii, and we fell in in five. It went five over there. Do you recall that one, or do you recall any of those ones? Yes, that I think that game that you're talking about was my junior year, and there was something like thirteen thousand fans. Um, in that stadium and we played them down to the wire to the very end and that was a very hard ending for us because you know just to have to get a win against a team like that on the road would have been such a big deal and and we didn't quite finish there in the fifth set but I do remember that like it was yesterday (laughs) (laughs) and how about the trips to the NCAA tournament what were those like for you those are crazy. I, I, you know, in the in the moment, you don't realize how large scale those games are. And now looking back, it, it just amazes me that I had that opportunity to play against those teams. I mean, played against Colorado State. We played against um, San Diego. I'm trying to remember now all the NCAA tournaments who we played. I think one of them was, I want to say Arizona. I'm not quite sure. But they that first year, my freshman year, I want to say it's Arizona. Mm-hmm. But those games were just a huge importance for the program for um, New Mexico State for just us as individuals and and I didn't understand that at the time I wasn't even nervous going into those games I didn't even really understand the magnitude of it I was just so excited to play and compete and try to get a win (laughs) and what what is that like for you now as a as a coach um what, how do you translate that to your your, your student athletes and, and those experience against playing against Hawaii, the Hawaii's of the world, playing against, you know, the tops of the tops in the NCAA tournament? How do you translate that to your student athletes as a coach? Well, on my roster, I have a lot of small town kids, kids who come from the same background that I had, where you didn't really know what NCAA tournament was. You didn't really know like college volleyball prior to joining the team so I think it helps that I can kind of talk them through that and and let them know how big of a situation they're in in that moment so that it doesn't slip by and so that we uh so we can let the listeners know uh let's talk about how you started your coaching career you started in 2008 at uh Frank Phillips talk about that experience what it was like to coach at a school like that so right out of college, I told Mike that I wanted to coach in college. And so he kind of helped me and pointed me in the right direction. And I became the assistant at Frank Phillips um, in the summer of 2007. 
July something. And then shortly after that, a few months later, the head coach there got a new job and left. So they hired me on as the head coach. So within, you know, eight months of graduating college, I was a head coach. And it was it was a little overwhelming, but really exciting for me. And I think that excitement sort of spurred me to, to work harder. And that being at Frank Phillips, a junior college, you know, there's not a lot of rules for junior college. It's not like the NCAA where you have to just know the book inside and out. Mm -hmm. So it was really just finding talent, Um, you know, going out there, reaching out to division one coaches that maybe want to place kids or finding internationals and just straight up finding talent because you only had them for two years. There wasn't a lot of development. There wasn't a lot of skill work because you did, you had them for such a short period of time. So once I figured out, like at this point, I just need talent. It doesn't matter where they're coming from or how much money I have to spend. I just need to get the kid in here that can play. <laughs> and once I did that, we started winning and doing really well. And, and I think that helped me kind of build my resume enough that I could get the Kingsville job. Well, you uh, had a season of 41 and 11 and then another <laughs> season down the road of 30 and 6. So uh, it sounds like you did find success pretty quickly, uh, which helped, like you said, lead to your next gig, which was at, which is at uh, Texas A&M Kingsville. Uh, talk about that that jump and what it what it's been like, uh, the ups and the downs and everything in between of, of coaching at Texas A&M Kingsville. Uh, when I first got the job, I came to Kingsville and I had no assistant and I was in my office space was just in a separate building from all the other coaches. So I was kind of alone and it was it was pretty hard that first, you know, couple seasons, three seasons or so, just because I didn't have a lot of help and the program itself hadn't they just hadn't won. Nobody knew how to win the the, the kids on the roster and the program itself just weren't accustomed to winning and and in my career all the way from high school to New Mexico State to Frank Phillips I had become accustomed to winning so teaching the culture of winning and doing it the right way was a priority and so when I first started that was the main thing is yes I need to recruit talent but mostly I need to find kids who are willing to to do what it takes to win they're not just here for a good time they're not just here for a degree yes we want a degree but we also want to win in the process so that took a few years to start getting kids in here that not only just wanted the academic experience but they also wanted to win after that once I got those kids in then it just became a matter of getting talent so now I'd say within the last five to six years, we've really stepped up. You know, the program has become a lot stronger and more towards the top of the conference consistently and and winning. Well, I, I would say that you have found the kids who want to do the things that you've just explained as you've had, uh, according to the, the website here, the Javelina. Javelina Athletics website, so you guys are known as the Javelinas. Uh, mm -hmm. 30, um, 30 all Lone Star Conference selections, while also you also had four All-Americans. And then I read above that there were, you also had uh, four Cosida Academic All-District selections. So again, all the things that you're talking about, about winning on the court and winning in the classroom uh, are, are truly happening. And it's really cool to see a name that uh, I I've, I recognize in in Lexi Wick, uh, who started her career at New Mexico State, uh, but then made the transition over to play for you. 
what was that like to get a player that that came from New Mexico State that was under Mike Jordan for for a year or two, and then she goes and finishes her career with you? What what was that like? I a hundred percent attribute you know the change in program to Lexi Wick and some of her teammates wow. because she she came in and she was just a far higher level of talent than this conference was used to. And specifically, Kingsville was used to. I mean, there had never been anybody of that level of talent at Kingsville. And she was the first All-American, and deservedly so. And she came in, and she just changed the game for us. I mean, being a middle 6'2 who could score at will and and physically just dominate opponents was something we, we had never seen there at Kingsville. They had never seen that. And so, you know, she had some really talented teammates that, that I also think you know, helped build the program and, and make that change. But with, you know, the, the addition of her and having that really physical middle, the setters got better, the outsides got better. We all of a sudden are in the NCAA tournament. We're regionally ranked. We're doing all these amazing things. And I really think it's because of her. With her coming in there and being that level of talent, we just, it changed the game. It gave me the option to recruit that level of talent now. And because of that, we've had three All-Americans since. Wow, that's so awesome. I mean, just because I I met Lexi, uh, that was when I was uh, wrapping up my career at New Mexico State, making the transition over to the bowl, the bowl area. But uh, it was that's so cool to hear that story and that that led to more success for your program. Um, and then now that you you know you're coaching, you're continuing to coach, and then you just talked about uh, uh, an even more your most recent change in life. Um, <laughs> which is gonna, you know, uh, you're gonna continue to grow uh, in this area and continue to grow as a coach. You've become a parent recently. Talk about that. That's true. Yeah. So last year I got married, um, and then this year, just three weeks ago, we had our first child, a little girl. Her name's Mila. So I am in the newborn stage, three weeks in, just kind of trying to figure that out. It's a whole new stage of life for me. <laughs> I've been playing and coaching and been an athlete my whole life, but mom is a, a new title. So I'm trying to navigate that a little bit, but it's been really great. I mean, I've been coaching two teams, um, indoor and beach for the last, you know, seven, six, seven years. And so this is kind of a nice change of pace and she's obviously adorable and I love it. So it's, it's really a challenging but exciting time for me and for my husband. <laughs> That's so awesome. And then, and then you still make time to do this. Uh, so I really appreciate that. And uh, man, it's so awesome to hear about your your successes uh, throughout your 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 whole life. And it's really cool to know that there's a local New Mexican from Southern New Mexico who can you know, be so successful and continue to make an impact in this world. I just got a couple of more questions, just a random sure. couple of questions. When you were here in uh, in Las Cruces as a student athlete, what was your favorite spot to hit up uh, for your, I guess, your cheat meals, your your Sunday night dinners with your teams? What what what, what did you like to uh, where did you like to go eat at? Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's think here. I really, for Mexican food, I really loved El Sombrero. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I haven't been back in a long time, but that was definitely one of my favorite spots to go to. It's still very good. Um, let me tell you. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. We used to go to Chilitos okay. um, and Hooters believe it or not that oh. was a spot that we would go to a lot as well all right all right just curious at sombrero did you get the 
the the enchiladas or or what did you get over there? Um, I get this. Well, I get as though it's happened recently. The yeah. smothered burrito. Oh wow! Okay, okay. That's yeah. I always ask the. I always. I'm always curious as to where the student athletes used to eat at. Um, a, a big one is Andalus. A lot of people t- uh, would always hit up Andalus. Uh, a, a lot of Aggie. Oh yes, that's a popular one. And Farley's. Now that I think about it, we went to Farley's a lot. Okay. All right. And then in Deming, do you have a spot that you would? Uh, regularly eat at yeah si senor there's no way around that one that's the original si senor and it was my favorite i mean pretty much three times a week i was eating lunch or dinner there (laughs) (laughs) that's so awesome i'm gonna have to you know i've only eaten there once and i'm gonna have to it was a long time ago because i'm i'm originally from lordsburg so when i would make the stop through from las cruces to to lordsburg i i I usually stop there somewhere and i've only tried that once i'm gonna have to do that well if you're from lordsburg why do you have an el paso number <laughs> because I work in El Paso, and oh, okay. Yeah, I've been well, my working. husband is from El Paso, so that's why I was asking. <laughs> and, I, and I wonder what your husband's favorite spot is to eat at in El Paso. Do you happen oh, to know? Oh gosh, no, but I could definitely ask him if you want. Just holler I mean, if he's close to you. Just holler, yeah, holler he's him. Close. Let me just yell real fast. Yeah, see. that that, that this uh, is this is awesome. <laughs> I love. What's this. your favorite spot to eat in El Paso? Oh man. Can't go wrong with. I mean, man, there's so many good stuff. <laughs> there's, there's so many. I'm sure he misses it, and I'm sure he's gonna miss it all day today because we brought it up. <laughs> yeah, anything, any, just your favorite spot. I in mean, the top three. Okay. Yes, please. Uh, Crave burger. Crave, mm, good spot. Good uh, if you want Mexican, my favorite is Carritas Querétaro. Oh, yes. I get that for a part of my media meal for the Sun Bowl. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, if you want to throw in something random, uh, man, I mean, those would be the top two. When I go back, those are top two places I'm visiting. What's the taco place that my teammates used to go to? Uh, Tacos Chinampa. No, no. The... the... Chico's tacos. Chico's. Chico's, Chico's tacos. tacos. You either love it or you hate it. One or the other. Yeah, my teammates used to go there a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's one, it's one or the other. You either love it or you hate it. And I could tell your <laughs> husband is a true El Pasoan because he knows how great the food is there. That's oh, so he awesome. 100% is. He loves El Paso. <laughs> That's so awesome. One final thing, Miss Tanya. Uh, do you got any shout outs that you want to give that uh, to anybody who might listen to this? Any uh, family, friends, anybody at all that you want to shout out? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, my family. Um, my husband and my mom and my sister and my stepdad, all of them might listen. Shout out to them. And obviously Mike Jordan. I miss him. He was a huge influence on my career. He's done so much for me. So want to give him a shout out. And just my teammates. I don't know if any of them are listening, but I miss them all the time. And I hope they're doing well. And, you know, you, you don't ever get that time back. It's such a special time when you're seeing them every day and spending so much time with them. And then now we grow up and it's hard, you know, to see them. So I miss them a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I'm sure some of your teammates will uh, listen in. I just had Kim Ogu uh, on recently, and she uh, did an episode with me. Uh, Amber, awesome. <laughs> Amber Simpson was recently inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, 
as well and also uh while some other former volleyball players so we got some That's listeners so fantastic yep we got some uh, go aggie volleyball man it's a big place yeah, in i love my, it <laughs> big place in my heart for sure so uh miss tanya thank you so much good luck in all your future endeavors uh especially parenthood i will be uh praying for you in that because uh it's it's just an amazing amazing thing i mean just take it all in minute by minute because it just goes by so so fast thank you so much i appreciate it and thank you for having me this has been so awesome i'm flattered that you even asked me and this is this is so awesome thank you yes ma'am good luck to the javelinas in the upcoming season and again this is the sports more podcast with your host eddie morelos you can find us on anchor spotify also search by google all links will be up on twitter and facebook and we'll catch you all next time thank you